Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Crash the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 429, recorded on Saturday the 26th of February 2022 at 23.03.33. Ah, yes, I am back again. It has been a week or so, and so much has happened, hasn't it? A new war, loads of things. We'll get on to that in the after show. First, the state of the rewatch, because today, yes, this is a vintage Doctor Who revisit episode. We are talking about the Doctor Who story, The City of Death, from 1979. Back to the state of the rewatch. My right eye is still bothering me. It is just so unbelievably uncomfortable, itchy and painful, and blurry. I have yet another set of ointments. I finally got an appointment at the GP. Well, I say GP. I only managed to get as far as the paramedic. Apparently, it may or may not be fungal. Makes you wonder if they ever take biopsies anymore. I also got quite sick from both IBS and hypersecretion for again, coming off my proton pump inhibitors too quickly. It's to do with acid. It's not important. The summary of this whole thing is I've been in a little bit of the state, just like the world. If I sound a little different tonight, that is because I am... Again, using the SM58, the Shaw SM58, the most popular mic in the world. Why am I doing that when I have an SM7V in the other room, packed away safely? To cut this short, it's a little easier to edit. I'll talk about it in one of the general geek pods that's coming up in a few days. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the SM7B. I will get back to using it, but it will take a new studio, a new recording arrangement, because I'm also not really happy about using it on an arm. Turns out I prefer to stand up, because I've been standing up for so long, that's become a habit. I think that started a few years ago, when I'd get dressed and ready to go to the pub, and then... What I'd do is I'd record my... No, wait a minute. No, probably the other way around. I'd come back from the pub and do the podcast. But anyway, I'd be standing up, as I am now. What the hell am I talking about? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the pod. Let's get back to talking about Doctor Who. And first of all, or rather second of all, now I've already talked about two things... No, three things. Oh, my God. Okay, third of all, I'm going to stop with this stupid numbering system. I have an error to talk about. In pod 426, when we talked about Destiny of the Daleks, I said, The Doctor reads The Origins of the Universe by Ulon Kalufid, a fictional work from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No, 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 no. While the character, Ulon Kalufid, of course, is from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, the book is not. I went over and above my sense of duty and listed 
all the fictional author Ulon Kalufid's equally fictional works that are mentioned in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. And those are Where God Went Wrong, Some More of God's Greatest Mistakes, Who Is This God Person Anyway? Well, that about wraps it up for God. Everything you ever wanted to know about guilt, but were too ashamed to ask. Everything you never wanted to know about sex, but have been forced to find out. I actually don't remember the last two. Maybe they were in a later set of books? I'm not sure whether they were in the books written by Ian Colfer? Not important. The point is that the book that appears in Destiny of the Daleks is one just made up by Douglas Adams for that particular script. Why the error? I think everyone needs to give me a bloody break. It has been years since the last reread of those books. I think I may have listened to the radio series a year or two ago. Oh, God knows. Have a look in my Twitter feed. I'm sure I mentioned it there. Finally, before we get into talking about the adventure, I've got one more bit of waffle and that is to impart to you some good news. We're going off our regular-ish, <laughs> very-ish, schedule to launch a ginormous load of old Who, vintage Doctor Who, at you to finish off Season 17. I want everyone to hang on to something. The TARDIS is going to get bumpy. I said words to that effect also, on Twitter and then did nothing, but I refer you to the beginning of the State of the Rewatch section this week where I'm talking about my eye and just not feeling very well. That's why there was a delay, and I am sorry. And also, do you remember that wind? It blew down our fence, so that's another thing I've got to deal with tomorrow. Ah. <sighs> Okay, and this last one isn't in the show notes. So if you're just reading the show notes, you're going to miss out on some excellently witty conversation. No, it's not that at all. What happened was, and I'm looking at the debris strewn around me, is I decided to rearrange my studio again. There is only so much amount of room in the studio. And no amount of re rearranging is going to make anything better and I made things worse so as well as fixing the garden vents tomorrow I've got to re 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 arrange my office <sighs> let's talk about Doctor Who as usual let's start off with some cast crew introduction notes the city of death starred Tom Baker's the fourth doctor his companions are Romana, played by Lala Ward, and K-9, played by John Leeson. And in this adventure, K-9 is neither seen nor heard, though the Doctor does talk to him right at the end. The director was Michael Hayes. The writer, David Agnew, which, as you should know by now, is a pseudonym used when a number of different writers were used because something was cocked up with the script. In this case, David Fisher, 
Douglas Adams and Graham Williams, and we'll talk about that later. The producer, Graham Williams, location, as well as the BBC studios, there were a few days of on-location filming in Paris. As for broadcast, this was story 105 and serial 2 of season 17, consisting of around 25-minute episodes, four of those. I say around because they're never exactly 25 minutes. I noticed when I was watching it, the runtime went just over. City of Death was first broadcast from the 29th of September to the 20th of October 1979, following Destiny of the Daleks, which we covered in pod 426, and got all that stuff about Douglas Adams completely wrong, which is terribly shameful of me as a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. Leave it and move on. Ah, on this day in the UK, let's give you a feeling of time and place. The Pope visited Ireland for the first time on September the 29th, 1979. He made an address near the border of Northern Ireland, saying, On my knees I beg you to turn away from the paths of violence and return to the ways of peace. Uh, Wouldn't that be nice if everyone did that? The Pope, by the way, was 57 years old, that's only a few years older than I am, and for some reason I find that intensely disturbing. As usual, let us roll a very brief clip, and then I'll tell you what happens in my own words, and then I'll go on to tell you what I thought, and some trivia. Rolling clip in three, two, one. The explosion that you in there are about to trigger off will give birth to the human race. Where do you two come from? Unrolling clip in... One, two, three... Yeah, that's not very funny. Hello again. Yes, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that clip. Let me now tell you what happens. In the distant past, Scaroth the pilot of a spaceship holding the last of his fellow Jaggeroth species, is attempting to lift off from the primordial Earth's surface. The secondary engines are disabled, so against his better judgement, the warp thrust is activated. The ship explodes and he is divided across time. Taking Romana to Paris... For a holiday, the Doctor experiences a time slip in a cafe. At the Louvre, the Doctor and Romana have another turn near the Mona Lisa. The Doctor almost faints and is caught by a rather tense-looking woman who dumps him on the floor. Some men and the woman act suspiciously. The men seem to be with the woman. The Doctor and Romana meet Duggan, a hard-boiled detective who suspects the Scaliones, Count and Countess Scaglione, of being art thieves. At the Scaglione mansion, they discover 
Dr. Kerensky's time experiments to be the cause of the time slips. Dr. Kerensky's time experiments to be the cause of the time slips. They also find perfect duplicates of the Mona Lisa. They, the Doctor and Romana and Duggan, split up. Romana and Duggan are taken prisoner by the Count, and Romana, under duress after witnessing the murder of Dr. Kerensky, agrees to help the Count with the experiment. Meanwhile, the Doctor takes the TARDIS back in time to Renaissance Italy to visit an old friend of his, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo isn't there. Instead, he is captured and questioned by Captain Tancredi, a doppelganger of Scaglioni. He says that he is one of the splinters of Scaroth. Together, the Scaroths are pushing humanity to a state where humankind's technology will reach a level at which it can enable him to build a machine to send him back in time to stop the initial accident at the time of the primordial Earth when he is first divided. We also find out the mystery of the many copies of the Mona Lisa. Scaroth is financing his operation by getting Da Vinci to churn out copies of the Mona Lisa to sell to different buyers under the table. That also explains why the Countess was casing the Louvre, because in order to convince those buyers that they were getting the genuine article, they had to steal the original Mona Lisa. Scarlioni threatens Romana with the total destruction of Paris if she does not finish the work, and Scaroth finally uses the time machine. Believing the explosion was the event that started life on Earth, the Doctor, Romana and Duggan travel back in the TARDIS to prevent Scaroth from stopping the explosion. Duggan punches Scaroth, but Scaroth escapes to the present. In the ensuing struggle with his bodyguard, who sees his boss's true face for the first time, Green and Blobby, the mansion catches fire and Scaroth dies. The Doctor and Romana atop the Eiffel Tower say goodbye to Duggan. Duggan buys a postcard of the Mona Lisa to remember his adventures and then looks down at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower as the Doctor and Romana wave and leave to enjoy the rest of their holiday. I'm just going to take a very short break, and I'll be back after the beep. Ah, sorry about that. I'm just not quite used to doing a podcast quite yet and standing up for so long. I've just been feeling a bit purr, as I mentioned. Just had a drink of water, another glance at the continuing awful news in the Ukraine, but again, let us get back to Doctor Who.
Okay then, what did I think of City of Death? Do you remember the Doctor's duck brooches in The Power of Kroll, which we talked about in 418? This time he is wearing a palette and paint tubes brooch, which nicely ties into the art theme of this adventure. Romana is dressed as a schoolgirl, which we'll talk about in a second. While we're still on the subject of wardrobe, did you notice Garroth's favoured green colour theme? That obviously reflected the colour of his true form. The Count has a square emerald and gold ring, very similar to one my father used to wear. I wonder if he's still got that. He also has a predominantly green cravat and a rather natty kimono slash dressing gown. At one point of the story, he's even sitting back and sipping a little of the green fairy absinthe. Captain Tancredi has a whole green outfit. Julian Glover, the actor who played Scaroth, is ultra cool as the Bond-style villain. He has great outfits, good taste, henchmen, and a hot wife. The prolific actor Julian Glover actually played a Bond villain, Aristotle Christotos, in For Your Eyes Only in 1981. A good preparation for future Bond villainy, then. As I did mention the hot wife, let's talk about the beautiful and fantastic actress Catherine Schell, who played the Countess. While she already had her sci-fi credibility from Space 1999, and a huge fan base, including me, I shamefully failed to recognise her without the Maya makeup. And when I say I failed to recognise her, I failed to recognise her the first time, and I failed to recognise her this time. Tom Chadbon, is it Chadbon or Charbon? Anyway, that guy is mildly funny as the overly hard-boiled detective. He's always smashing glass, smashing windows, smashing bottles of wine, smashing down doors, as well as repeatedly thumping opponents. Seems to be his thing. There's a reason for that, and we'll get onto that in a moment. Three good actors then, and then the actor who played Dr. Kerensky. I don't know who that guy was, I don't want to shame him this far in the future from the time that he played that role, but man, I don't know what he was going for with his accent. It veers wildly between Italian and Russian. It is truly terrible. That is not my accent fascism, that is the truth. Mercifully, he is killed off quite early in the story. My recollections of seeing this story the first time round, back in 1979, are quite strong. Though, 
not only because of the TV show and the creature design, but also because of the outside the show Tom Baker and Lala Ward saga that drove the press in the UK into a furore. For a while, the pair were like the Kardashians of the UK. The relationship and that schoolgirl outfit led to numerous publicity shots in the tabloids, and Ward, and presumably Baker too, doesn't look that unhappy, enjoyed the attention until it turned on them. Her glamour and the age gap between her and Tom sent the press into a feeding frenzy. In retrospect, though, as I Google images from that story, it looks thoroughly innocent and innocuous. I wonder how much of the drama was cooked up by my journalist colleagues simply to flog papers, most probably. As for personal significance... The City of Death's personal significance to me was that it is set in the same years when I was still regularly visiting relatives in Paris, so I knew Paris well. I knew the Eiffel Tower, the metro system, I knew everything, so it felt good watching my heroes visiting the same places as me. That is it for my thoughts on the City of Death. Let us move on to trivia. Remember I said I'd talk about the David Agnew pseudonym? Let's talk about that now. A scriptwriter called David Fisher wrote the initial story, which was then called The Gamble with Time. It was a comedic take on a bulldog Drummond mystery. I don't really have the time to explain Bulldog Drummond now, but imagine someone similar to Sherlock Holmes, but a lot more eager to punch and shoot. Back to The Gamble With Time. The trouble with that script was that the budget wouldn't accommodate the jet set locations, so it was rewritten by script editor Douglas Adams. Adams and the producer, Graham Williams, pared down the script with only a few days of on-location filming in Paris, with a vastly reduced crew, and a cast consisting of Baker, Ward, and Chadbon, who plays the Bulldog Drummond-type character. And no poor old K-9. On the extras video... Julian Glover and Catherine Schell mentioned missing out a free trip to Paris. I think they could have afforded it. If we could afford it, I'm pretty sure Glover and Schell could afford a trip to Paris. On one of the making of videos, Tom Baker loses his temper in a take in quite a diva-like manner. I'd heard that Tom Baker could be difficult to work with, but, as I always say, I'm more interested in the fictional lives and stories of the characters than the actors playing them, so this was the first time I saw evidence of this. To be totally fair, though, he's not entirely alone. I've seen big-headed behaviour from other actors in the main role. 
City of Death is purportedly the most viewed Doctor Who story ever, but as is said on the extras video, it had a captive audience as there was a strike on ITV, so BBC was the only primetime channel available to viewers. I think, altogether in conclusion, it is a good adventure. I'm not sure whether it's the best adventure of Doctor Who ever. I'm not sure which story is. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's this one. I know another contender for the top spot is The Caves of Androzani, which I would say is very, very good. But this was a fairly light and pleasant adventure, and it took us to a new place. Well, new for a lot of people in the UK at that time. That is it for my revisit, rewatch, review of the Doctor Who story from 1979, City of Death. As I said at the top of the show, stand by for a lot more Who coming your way. The next episode should be another revisit, and then we've got a couple of normal geek episodes. Yes, everything's out of schedule, but the main thing is I'm churning them out now. I've got the show notes done for three of them. I've got the next Doctor Who, the creature from the pit, to watch and take notes on. There's a lot of stuff for you to enjoy. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. I enjoy doing them. Well, I say enjoy, I feel compelled to do them now. We are now in the after show section. I've got a couple of things to say. Not all of them are pleasant. Well, none of them are really pleasant, which is why I saved it for last. First of all, my uncle passed away yesterday after a long illness. One of my few remaining uncles, which is what happens when you get to my age. He was a senior officer in the Morrison Coast Guard. He was the only person in our extended family interested in life on the sea. He left home as a teenager with only a guitar. It took him ages to get over seasickness and get his sea legs, as he used to say. And then he made his way up the ranks of the Merchant Marine and then the military. I remember him as one of the few people who liked chatting to me about matters maritime. For example, and unsurprisingly, pirates was a favourite subject. He also took my mother and I on a little trip on his gunboat once, which I've probably mentioned before in this podcast over... However, a number of years I've been doing it now. Almost ten. His name was Bahadur Girjanan, but I jokingly used to call him Captain Uncle. Rest in peace, Captain Uncle. Finally, the Ukraine, for what it's worth, and in my and my family's own very small way, we would like to wish... Good fortune to the people of the Ukraine. I'm also heartened by worldwide anti-war demonstrations. I particularly admire the Russian protesters out in the streets, despite the mass arrests. 
which the last time I looked at the news was around 3,000. Let's hope things get better for everyone, everywhere. I hope everyone who's listening to this is doing well, as well as they can be, because we're still in the pandemic as well. On top of everything else, we're still in that. Hopefully, I can make these shows and cheer myself and other people up. Though for now, that is it. This show is made by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Thanks for tuning in, nerdlings. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Podcast, episode 429, recorded on Saturday the 26th of February 2022, and the time at the end of the show is 23.46.27. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye! A scriptwriter called David Fisher wrote the initial story, which was then called The Gamble with Time. It was a comedic take on It was a comedic take on a ball drop. It was a comedic take It was a comedic take on a ball drop on a bulldog drummond mystery. Rest in peace, Captain Uncle.